0: Which, like, maybe I'm not the person to be saying that, probably not, but... Well, that's the other tagline of this episode, is maybe we're not the person to be saying that. You know what I mean? So <laughs> don't, fact us, don't, don't fact check us. Don't fact check us. And we're not probably the right person to be saying it, so let's but we're gonna get say it some anyway. microphones. We're definitely going to say it, and we're going to make you listen to it. <laughs> so this, you said, was your second most played album of 2023? was
1: and was i think there were a couple songs on my top five songs Yeah, tell me the tracks pretty girls number one okay production wise i think that's the most impressive song on the whole album and then i don't know the, that one, i that think one. i hate boston might have been the second one i, I hate absolutely great. love that one
0: i'm so basic i just like the the first one talk too much and that's we'll a really good a one bit. it's great i like um, that one would you like to introduce yourself by any name that you would like folks to know you as, my friend?
1: Sure. Hey, hey, ladies, gents, gays, and theys. My name's Drew. Drew Carr. You can find me on Instagram at a drew Carr named desire. If you feel so inclined. Wait, that's your Instagram handle. <laughs> I know. So I'm, I'm literary. I'm a literary girl. <gasps> I love to pay homage to the greats, the greats of American theater. <laughs> and my name's Drew Carr. So it kind of just happened the first and I what I hope to be a heavily repeat
0: guest feature on this channel everybody say hello to Drew Drew and I had a little chat a little moment in LA where we both somehow moved here at the same time had never met before worked at this company together and we're like wait are you down the street (laughs) literally you were like wait did you move to Venice this week and I said yes and you said I moved to Santa Monica this week it's like, want i get on the oh, beach? I'll, t- I'll take that out. I just doxed it. Let me post your address. Absolutely. Well, I'm not there anymore, so it's fine, <laughs> either, actually. Yeah, you couldn't totally
1: find fine. me there. I want to be a part of the zeitgeist. I like to uh, have opinions on things. It's kind of what I do.
0: Speaking of the zeitgeist, my friend, we're, today we're talking about someone... First off, you pitched this topic, and I couldn't have said yes harder or faster mm-hmm. because this girl i'm very excited about but i also feel like everyone's excited about her so now i don't feel very special but you know always me trying to say i was there first that's like Mm -hmm. i do part of my
1: brand you know i do feel i was sort of on this girl first just because of my proximity to how she got started so we're talking about renee
0: rap miss renee rap who just last night performed two songs on snl was featured in a
1: skit i'm happy for what it means culturally to be a musical guest on snl like for her i think that's hell yeah huge hell yeah it always is so
0: snl has that's launched exciting. careers adele hit and ended America them <laughs> because and, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well i mean and then the lana del rey's of it all like semi ended yeah. them and then crawled back
1: and right. wasn't it didn't ashley simpson isn't that where she did the whole it was my we band will,
0: let's do an entire episode on just flop live performances and that'll oh, be like could. we could be here for days
1: and we would we will be here for days. Even. yeah that's
0: right that's right um, okay, Renee Rapp is of the moment right now she 's currently Regina George in the movie adaptation of the musical adaptation of the movie Mean Girls, which was also based right. on the book, right so it 's good like, luck
1: figuring that out
0: that 's right. Um, I just saw the film uh, not forty eight hours ago, and I thought she was amazing, but what, what I think she came into my consciousness not through Mean Girls. I believe I heard mm-hmm. her pop music, and it was probably served to me on Spotify um but what was what was your gate how did the gate open to Renee for you you I will tell everyone you are in the theater community much more than I am so I can imagine that am. being a part of it
1: i am in the theater the new york musical theater specifically community um was pretty heavily pre covid less <clears throat> less heavily now and that's kind of by design but For those who don't know, and maybe many of the people who are fans of Renee will know this, is that she was a Jimmy Award winner, which is the National High School Musical Theater Award show. I don't think I knew this. Oh, well, allow allow me to educate you on the Jimmy Awards, which are for all of the ways that it is sort of, I guess, as the kids would say, choogy. Maybe that word is even out now. And don't at me because I'm going to say what I want. And choogy is a fun word. (laughs) <laughs> but for for as for as much of the National High School Musical Theater Awards are a little bit embarrassing, they are also like remarkable and awesome. And I've been to the show a few times and it's an incredibly supportive environment. It's so fun to watch these nerdy kids ultimately do the thing they love the most. It's like a um, spelling bee for singers. It is. It's a yeah. spelling bee for musical theater nerds. And I love it. Perfect way to describe it. And she, I can't remember the year. But she won, so it's always a female and a male winner, and she won for the entire. She won the whole thing. And nowadays, what happens to a winner of the Jimmy Awards is they kind of immediately get signed by CAA, um, and which C- is like a, an agent, uh, a talent agency. agency, right? It is yeah. the biggest, largest, like conglomerate right. agency in the world every major star you can think of is represented either by them or UTA or sometimes like paradigm or something like three major agencies and at play for really big stars. So huge, huge opportunity for these kids, these literal 18 year olds who are like going to go to school for musical theater to win this competition. So from there, she was immediately a replacement for the Mean Girls musical which at the time was um running on Broadway. She was the first Regina, first full time Regina replacement. replacement. Right. So she so, did that
0: at eighteen, Drew. I don't think I yeah, knew that she was that she didn't.
1: Yeah, eight, 18, 19 probably. So no, didn't go to college. Did not go to college and certainly made the right choice as we are now um sort Hell of yeah. witness college to. College
0: is still there. She can go and she
1: she can do whatever she wants. Um yeah. but so she replaced an actress named Taylor Louderman, who was the original Regina George, right. and went in to critical acclaim. as you know built this incredible fan base, and usually a Jimmy Award winner is already acquiring this like really large younger fan base. And Mean yeah. Girls, the zeitgeist around that at the time was really really strong. Um, it sort of did first with the new movie, attempted at the very least to achieve, which was presenting this story for a new generation and for right. a new audience. And right. while the musical wasn't nearly as inclusive or progressive in the sense of like gender representation, um, queer representation, et cetera, as the film is, um, I think it definitely resonated differently with the audience that was going to see it, which were contemporaries of Renee's age at the time. Yeah, it was like um, the
0: it was like the early or like the elder Gen Z's who like couldn't Like weren't driving yet, and their parents were taking them to the show, kind of thing, right? And it was like I wasn't in the area at the time to know if millennials were interested in the show.
1: Like we're, you're you're a younger millennial, right? I am a younger millennial. Yeah, Mm -hmm. sort of on the cusp, if you will. But Mm. I think it was it was it's difficult for me because I had a lot of very good friends that were in the show. Ah, so that was my way in. Was really. I didn't have strong buy-in to the fact that it was the Mean Girls musical, aside from loving the movie and remembering when the movie came out and being interested in the very least of sort of how Tina Fey would adapt this um, cultural phenomenon of a film into a musical, I'm not always a huge proponent of that being done and i don't think it's typically done very successfully perhaps i need to unpack what that means for my like well and relationship every time, every time that theater. happens
0: no i don't i mean maybe but i i think every time that happens it's also like one fewer original screen or script that is getting shelved because they're they're Absolutely. adapting something right so like there's this yeah. whole other world of creatives that are like oh great we're doing another movie musical right yeah
1: it always begs the question why right why um, there's some wonderful music for folks that are into theater soundtracks or like show tunes. There's some phenomenal. There's a song at the very beginning of the show called "It Roars" that I will always listen to. It is vocally um, Erica Hennigson, who plays um, the Katie role, phenomenal singer, incredible. The production's great. I mean, it's just it's very wonderful music, I think. But to bring Renee back into it. From what she has very explicitly divulged from her time at that show, which kind of was the beginning, the catapult of her career as an actor right. and if, and especially as, as a pop star, as a pop singer, was that it was not at all a safe environment for her to be in. I think that she has been on record saying... She has. Um, it was like in the was, LA
0: Times or the New York Times or yeah, maybe both. There was yeah. a
1: lot of shaming of her body, and she is an incredibly gorgeous young woman, which really is just like a call to action more so for the way we talk about women's bodies and the way that we shouldn't talk about women's bodies, especially young women. Um, She had a terrible time in that show and I think vowed at that moment kind of never to do theater again. Not that that was even really her passion or her main focus. So, But before that, she
0: had, I believe, another interview of hers, I forget where it was from, she had been asked for, first pre-Broadway to join the tour that was already happening. And she, I think fully said no. And she did was unconcerned, was unbothered because she was like, well, this is not really what I'm trying to like plant my flag in anyway. And then I think they, her talent speaks for itself. They liked her enough that they were like, okay, a few months later, however long it was, they needed a replacement for Taylor on Broadway. And they said, will you do it on Broadway? And I think she was like,
1: yes. Begrudgingly. Yes. Right. Right. And like, and that really speaks to, both like the power you achieve immediately if you're like a jimmy award winner like you are able to leverage uh, these decisions i see these very like and you know these these long-running shows not mean girls is closed and is isn't considered i think like a long-running show it ran decently a couple long. years but you know these casting teams these creative teams will try you out essentially on the road before they're willing to bring you into like the established broadway cast I see. Um, they do it all the time with Wicked. It's like you, you're you never going to be an Elphaba or a Glinda in Wicked unless you've done it on the tour first, essentially. Ah. there's like the real this very prescribed pipeline for how you're going to become... I don't think I knew that. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. Um, it's a little bit irritating, especially when people have pretty established careers. And so I think people probably were frustrated with someone like Renee Rapp who had like no skipping. professional theater credits yeah. at the time. Regardless of that, like she... Ate the fucking' house down. And like the clips of her singing in that show are some of the best that exist currently. hundred percent just amazing. But wait,
0: here's a little bit of this is a three year ago clip. I saw mm. this sometime in the early. The early part of my awareness of her, and I was like, Oh, I didn't realize this pop album was this girl. This clip is now three or four years old, and this is so interesting. They give Regina some like serious songs. Like, I my reaction to the movie musical, and I don't know if this would be the musical too because I haven't seen it is like Katie's not the lead character, like Regina's the lead character, and maybe specifically Renee as Regina. She sucks the air out of the room, not in a negative way, but like. Everyone's just waiting for her. It's hard and Janice, to compete with her. And Janice, like the, the Janice songs are really big as well, but especially in the movie, I think because she has the most cachet, they trimmed the track list down and they like left Regina's belters in. They, they majorly
1: did, trimmed it down for sure. They short. did not leave the
0: one that you mentioned earlier, I don't think it's made it not to the in movie. It, no. Um it makes sense. It doesn't need to be. Right. And some of the ones that did make it are shorter, like they took intros out or segments out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this was this is uh someone gets hurt, which is like oh, yeah, Regina's like Green Belter. Yes, they do that. This is performance. This is all
1: self defense. I thought you had the sense to see through that. Why is I too proud of you? Why is I too proud really good. She's 19 years Couldn't be more, really. I don't think. I know. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Till someone gets hurt.
0: She like screams the ending. Uh, she does. She's that, that is a skrelty run. I mean, I feel like when you're young and you're in that position, you just skrelting is like the first instinct. Uh, she seems yeah, very trained, imagine. but it's coming from, it seems like a lot of it's coming from here. And these days it sounds like she's mixing a lot more and it seems yeah. a little bit healthier, but it's like, so they're... powerful. Like that's so yeah. much power it's... coming out of a
1: child. It's a skill that she's always clearly had is like to sing exceptionally well, like better than anyone else in the room. But of course, if you're a lead on Broadway, especially the lead in like a Tina Fey led musical, you have no you have no resource spared for you. Like you're seeing the best voice teachers, you're getting like lymphatic drainage massages every single week, like you are able to perform at a higher level and at it's that level, the re yeah. and also it's exceptionally difficult work. To do an eight show a week schedule, Um, so I think that's to
0: have like four songs that are like in
1: that that sound just that are at that like that are in that that sit there consistently, and so I think it's often why people as good as Renee are. And as acclaimed as her, and who have the kind of fame that she does, don't really want to go back to Broadway because it is so difficult to do. Drew, do you want to His send your, your Cash App or your Venmo to the listeners? Absolutely. Drew <laughs> Who ours? <laughs> he said yes. Uh,
0: exactly. I gotta make
1: I gotta make some money back. That was expensive. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> no do, do it. I love it yeah. This meeting has been upgraded.
0: Did you see that? I literally I am so Curious. proud. I,
1: I capitalism.
0: Girl. I just extended this content live. That's a funny way I didn't expect a tech career to serve me. I can do anything during a meeting. For those folks that know of Renee just through the movie musical, which I think is going to be a lot of people and makes complete sense if you aren't like deeply in the theater world or for some reason onto the pop album on the early side. What's cool, I kind of realized this when I was comparing the soundtracks of the movie musical to the theatrical musical. I forgot she didn't get to record any of the Mean Girls music yeah. at all. Like the couple of, the thing we just played was from like a Broadway.com video of like, ooh, look at our new star. But yeah. now she actually gets some recordings uh, through the movie, which is cool. Have you seen the film yet, Drew? Do you intend to? I
1: have not, and I frankly don't think I will. Um, yeah, that's fair. Ma- yeah. If it comes to streaming, I'll, I'll watch it on like Netflix or whatever. Well,
0: these days they come to streaming like two weeks later. Yeah. They're still it's in like, the theater. It should be there streaming. today probably, I'll check. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I was laughing and giggling so much and I looked around and I was like, this is the millennial nursing home is like this movie theater, like we're all out to pasture. And I was like, oh, no, maybe we can segue to like vocal technique a little bit because mm, I know that you know so would much love. about There's placement There's my degree and
1: stuff. in it. <laughs> Wait, that's my you- d- degree in vocal performance, everyone.
0: Hi, she's, right she's educated. <laughs> Does everyone see that right there? So what we listened want? to the recording of Someone Gets Hurt, which was old. Maybe we can like put a little bit in of the new one from the movie music. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me pull that up just, so, it's just a quick sec. This is this is she has a very natural vibrato, mm-hmm. like a husky scared. vibrato. It's meaty. <laughs> I remember in the movie that's Thinking, a pop song it's a pop song exactly she took out in the three year ago video that we played she was doing more trails more she was doing the most so to speak mm-hmm. and in the, and in this she took out a lot of things and just left like one or two little little things in and it was like oh like razor sharp the pop payoff song. is strong i had the that. same reaction what do you hear when you hear her sing like these theatrical songs like what what kind of vocalist does she like present as to you
1: like this is a score of Exclusively pop music. Like it lends itself to theatricality more than like a normal pop album would. But like you have to be able to sing pop music very well to sing the score of Mean Girls well. You know, I saw Renee do this live. Renee can sing anything. And like the way she navigates like the different parts of her voice, like her sort of chesty belt versus her like falsetto and her head voice indicates to even like an uneducated listener she can sing anything um and you, and she also has that thing and she had this live too where you never worry about whether or not she will make oh, it oh my
0: god i'm so glad you said that i've never really put words to that but she is that singer
1: she's yeah you have, you have no, no anxiety nerves. about her her ability to None. perform something that might sound difficult to sing or execute can i look at the visual visual cues of how they sing and and understand that there's like a technique there because it is a visual thing to in to a certain extent you have literally like watching the way
0: that they're yeah watching the way that they're like
1: where their tension lies you know not to say that it needs to be perfect and not to say that like someone needs to have uh, an irritating degree from like nyu to be able to like sing on broadway that's <laughs> certainly not no, no, true no.
0: in fact often not true
1: right often not true in fact i think there's a lot of harm that this big expensive piece of paper did to me as a singer but i think yeah like it's it's the thing my friends and i talk about the most like i have a friend on tour right now and we talk all the time about you know she covers some different roles in this particular show And they're both like her ensemble track is very dance heavy. She's like a remarkable dancer, but she's also an incredible singer. So she has to, you know, sort of hop into these different ideas and these different like mentalities around how she's going to perform that particular role that she's like swinging into or understudies, which are like way more singer heavy than they are dance heavy. And yeah, it's like you have to know how to be able to do that if you want to do your job well and do it eight times a week.
0: Totally. I think the, like, knowing how to do your job well is is the, to me, fundamentally, generally net positive training of being in the theater world. Like, you have to become athletic about whatever it is you're doing. And like you're saying, it's just, it's often just a mindset switch. Being able to, like, pull those levers, that's the stuff that I think creatives in just the music industry don't always know they don't understand their capabilities they it just billows out of them and like oftentimes like steamrolls them they don't know what to do with it and yeah they oftentimes like have really difficult lifestyles and are really hard to get along with because they like don't have that sort of like internal self knowledge of like now I'm doing this now I'm doing this and this is what I need to do if I need to get in gear for this so I see that as like just being able to start the car or like change the gears in all of the ways you're talking about as such an asset, even if Renee did it for like, I don't know, however many accumulated years she's done, uh, Broadway and maybe she'll never do it again. I think that's going to serve her in to- as touring Absolutely. as a musician, which is anyone that's just a musician in a way, or just goes to recording artistry. They're at the mercy of their creativity. They don't necessarily know how to, how to like yeah. turn oh, I like on the way offer shift, you know? So I think like, yeah, the the sense that i like the way you said you you trust renee like you know she's going to hit it or whatever that is like a byproduct of anyone that is trained enough to know how to like kick it into high gear so to speak
1: like if i may kind of put a offer a critique on another sort of contemporary of us renee's in this way is miss ariana grande whom obviously began her perform her Mm. professional performing career in musical theater and it's really interesting you know having a lot of mutual friends with her like I, I i do not know her what i find interesting about ariana's recorded music and i'm so so interested to see how and if this changes with the release of wicked the film is that oh, is my right, right that's my biggest gripe with ariana's recorded music and it's why i think that i have i find this real respite as a singer myself in renee's album is that Renee is never hiding the fact that she is a singer with this unbelievable instrument that can do all of these impressive things. And she was able to work with producers, work with co-songwriters for this particular album that showcase that ability in a way that doesn't feel derivative of pop music or harkens towards theatrical music too much i
0: couldn't agree more it is it is the rarest of rare like fine lines that does often not get executed well it Mm -hmm. is that so now we're on renee's 2023 album snow angel which i think she one of the songs from snl last night promoted this right yeah this is talk too much Like, she has the presence of a singer already. She's Mm -hmm. possessing, but then she's like, but I have the range, though.
1: Come on, layer those vocals, girls. Sing high and loud. I
0: hear so much and talk too much especially when those like upper harmonies come in. She's so masky and facey she's in a very mask. trained way, but she's is loud, there. like loud in the best way. I love a mm-hmm. loud singer. Me uh, so. This Ooh. is I hate Boston. I was just a which is I believe not about Boston. It's just an avatar a for a place that an ex made lived. You mm-hmm. feel God forbid you're not the
1: center of its family just the melodies as well. That exact songs thing, are so the, Totally. They and really that is are going to be a signature for her. That,
0: uh, da, 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 that yeah, like, registration. That change. She really, does it a lot. It's,
1: yeah. it's yummy. It's really yummy. It is yummy. Mixed
0: mm. belt, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's, a ha- that's how you belt. do it. That's a mixed belt. It's coming from throat. It's coming from face. And she can do that all day. She can do that in her sleep. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Damn. Um, That's so good. It
0: also sounds like the other song that had Boston in it that was a very, very millennial song. Um, This may predate you, Drew. Uh, Let's see. uh, You probably. You hear this? If you need to just find this in the wild, just go fill a prescription at a Dwayne Reed or a CVS. Amazing. You know what I mean? It's on the prescription soundplay. It's giving the fray playlist. from the it's very first notes. It's very Frey. It's very fray. All these bands wrote in the same key this for is some the reason. It is this pre This has to be the fray. This is pre frey Okay, so Frey pirated this. Augustana walked it. so that the fray could do whatever
1: they did. I don't. You could call it run. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe a jog
0: <laughs> it's a light jog for me power yeah maybe little... i did
1: actually always think that was the fray so sorry you guys now <laughs>
0: i know and then the, maybe the last piece of like recorded vocal technique of renee that i pulled up have you seen this her singing with jennifer hudson on the jennifer hudson of talk show of course i have okay i know
1: it's, but of course
0: i didn't mean for that to be an offensive homosexual question you know oh what I mean? my god i get to sing <laughs>
1: Like these two powerhouse singers together is so fun. Singing D.I.L. In
0: a way, Jennifer's voice is like too big for this. This is not the, she sounds amazing, but this isn't right for her. But then Renee just
1: like, She kind of eats her up in a way. She does. Mm -hmm. People are cheering. Be you I love that girl Girl in love with you.
0: You They're both seated free. also, it's I so funny They're just so casual you, you and Piano can't player did not learn the right chord there never leave. Just keep it I it. Oh. yeah. Ah, God, I love her
1: meat in her voice
0: I will say in that clip in the chorus specifically I mean she's obviously just like going off on a talk show and who knows if she even warmed up she sounds amazing I would never say she doesn't sound amazing but it is a little over the line of It seems like she's overpowering the song but that's kind of it
1: definitely the listen to it is like there's a little bit of push there i would imagine that she's you know see she's seated she's probably nervous to be singing with jennifer hudson like there's a lot of elements there and probably that was so early in the day or like after multiple different talk show appearances she'd been on which like Obviously, to us as like trained listeners to the way people sing, like you can hear that. And you also can hear like a real like formant difference between her and Jennifer's voice. Like Jennifer sits like a little bit further back in her throat. And totally. she like her vowels are a little bit flatter and yeah. a little bit wider. And I think that probably comes from, like where she started singing and like the nature by which she started singing. Totally. which like definitely was like gospel music gospel, and like in gospel. the church. And, That's also what her voice does so well. Um, And like Renee's is like pitched a little bit more forward, like her vowels are a little bit more closed, which also is like indicative. Both cases are indicative of like well-trained singers. It's like knowing how to sort of manipulate words, manipulate words on notes and vowels on particular notes that are higher that you're able to like actually get out and make sound Mm -hmm. good. And for Renee to hold her own with her is like, it's cool. That's amazing.
0: As a pop singer, do you, so I hear Renee's lane thinking less about her voice and just more about like the genre and and, Mm -hmm. like what, what it's, what it sounded like as packaged towards to me, it sounded like, okay, we have Olivia out there, Olivia Rodrigo killing it in this like pop, pop punk punk pop like I don't know what else pop rock resurgence in a way like Mm -hmm. doing the like Kelly Clarkson Alanis Morissette thing that every 20 years like we get excited about a girl with a guitar which I'm raising my hand I love that genre it's my literally probably one of my favorite pop genres and it seems like every time someone hits it super big like that they need another one they need a foil not an enemy just like someone else like an alternate like the NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys I when Mm -hmm. I heard Renee I was like oh word like now we have like someone who's like a muscular singer going to take this genre on but Olivia can sing her ass she's a great singer but like Renee is a different kind of singer that's how it stands yeah. to me but hearing like her her Uh, conversation with Jennifer Hudson she talked a lot about wanting to make an R&B album and that R&B she cites all of her references of her inspirations are like Jasmine Sullivan and she talks Mm -hmm. about J-Hud as being an inspiration like do you think that that's where she's going and would you want her to go there
1: I think that would likely be a sophomore album pitch for her would be to go still pop but like much more R&B influenced because I think what would there would be Based solely off of Renee's capabilities and also the way she talks about music, I think that there would be like the respect and homage paid to that genre of music in the same way that I think you know Christina Aguilera was able to do pretty well. I think, yeah, 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 that's true. She's also had the stamp of approval of like Aretha and Patti LaBelle, like they, like these women who are you know powerhouses of the genre, think that she be- belongs there.
0: And my only hesitation with a renee it is, like renee at this point just being an avatar of like a young white woman who is like an, an absolutely extraordinarily talented singer s- making an r&b album like choosing to make an r&b album um i just have this instinct that every for every renee that gets to actually commercially release what will probably succeed no matter what it is uh, uh, an r&b album there's like dozens and dozens of equally as if not differently or more yeah. talented F- females of color that are like here we go again like another Christina yeah. Aguilera for the 2020s kind of thing
1: read a book that actually touches on this mm. and uses the- it's like a book of essays and it uses Christina Aguilera's back to basics essentially that that particular album and that particular moment of her mm-hmm. career as like a really cut and dry example of what so many white artists do which is sort of usurp and take the art of Black singers, the art of Black artists, the historical art, all that comes with that, particularly R&B and soul music in particular, and use it for their benefit and then ultimately shed that and have a return to basics as is like very explicitly demonstrated in the, albeit very good, incredible album, Back to Basics by Christina, where she, you know, takes on this sort of like pin-up 1950s, um, like, desirable white woman White woman, yeah so i think yeah and i think another like a modern example that i'm constantly in discussion with my friends about now is like the victoria monet of it all oh my god um and just because of the the sheer nature of the industry the racism of the industry the, the 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 just the phobias that the industry has baked into it like you can't break in until someone like decides to make on my mama go viral on tiktok
0: I learned because uh, when Ariana was promoting briefly the 10th anniversary of her first album during her filming of Wicked, she did like live sessions of a few songs from yours truly. And then I don't know how, because at the time I had no social media, I found that uh, many of those songs were demoed, written by demoed for and like constructed for Jordan Sparks's third or fourth album. And then it's, you read the comments and then you realize like it's yet another example no, no shade to anyone involved. It's just like it's yet another example of extraordinarily talented black woman. This woman won American Idol. She like and is an exceptional and wrote singer. this fucking song.
1: Like First her start. career
0: looks nothing like Ariana's, and this would have been her fourth album, I think. And instead. Mm-hmm whoever the powers that be, and maybe she didn't want it, I don't know, but like the it just moved over to this like little cupcake dress wearing white girl. This that, little infantilized woman. This little white girl who can sing really well, but Renee getting into R&B and talking about R&B references, I want her to do what she is so inspired by and talented at, but at the same time, it just feels like we've been here before. There's so many women trying to do that same thing right now. Yeah. And like she'll, she's going to be the one that's like, not just the one, but a one that's just able to do it because mm-hmm. of who she is. Do you think Renee is positioned to like do you do is what you hear from Renee a woman like a young woman that is singing with her voice and like is unaffected yeah. comparatively? Yes.
1: Yes, I think and I think that's why I loved it so much. And what I was also the most worried about from her moving into a pop space, like I mean, up we got her EP, her Renee's EP. Before, which is also like I think it's five songs That's right, which are also wonderful, wonderful songs. the first one being um, I can't be uh what oh God everyone, everything to everyone yeah everything both, to everyone. everyone. and yeah. there's an she also released an extended version of that because that one is like acapella on the EP, which it's like that I think is a really good example of Renee singing pop music, quote unquote affected with still her beautiful voice. Kind
0: of has that, like, 80s synth sound. This is very pretty, and at the same time, I'm glad this is not the predominant style of her album because I think this, to an untrained listener, gets lost in the genre shuffle. I think this Mm -hmm. sounds more like radio music in a way. This is so beautiful, but the, like, sad girl of it all,
1: like... Not that it's not legit, but... It has that Billie Eilish effect of, like, you know, she she ages herself explicitly in her album. She has a song called 23, um, and it's about her Jordan year, her being 23, and it's, like, me listening to that at my big age, I'm like, oh, my God, this girl is, like, a baby. Oh, girl, I got four years on you. Girl, I know, but that's okay. It's okay. (laughs) We're still so young, too. I know, we're young. We're so young. I know, it does kind of,
0: like the reality that like there's kind of only so much hyper criticism and like editorializing that can be done about someone that's this age because she is she's so young that she is as much just a product of all the things that raised her and taught her and the environments that she's been in like who has their I mean I'm not saying no one but who has their own voice their own everything at at 22, 23. Like, we shouldn't expect anything yeah, like that Yeah, and I hope people. that she
1: doesn't, because, like, then what, right. what do we have to look forward to from right. her? Right, like,
0: grow into it, for sure, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. I see her as already having successfully crossed over from theatrical music into pop music. I think the Mean Girls movie is helping her do it. Like you said, it was already, like, a pop music musical, so it's not mm-hmm. a huge stretch. In the canon, though, of theater singers trying to have pop careers there's fewer successes than there are like middling or or just like failures and yeah how do you think she stands up against some of the ones we've seen more recently like i mean i'm not in this world like you are but like ben platt obviously made a huge turn into pop music he's toward it idina's trying to be a house house girlie she's trying something she's really trying we yeah the gays were really there to support her and That's like so cynthia fun. cynthia erivo very much I think China has already made an album that as a diehard fan of her voice as I am, I haven't listened to this album. So like, yeah. What, and what is it about this that generally doesn't work? And do you think it's going to work differently or better for Renee?
1: I mean, I think it's probably uh, just using those three examples you gave, I think it will, and already has worked better for her. I also think with the exception of Cynthia, like what I think about Cynthia is that she's actually making more of a career and has made more of a conscious pivot into being like a as a movie star yeah she's in hollywood like she is like a two-time oscar nominated like once for a performance and also that same exact year for best song but like speaking more to like i guess the ben platts the adina menzels um and i'll exclude ariana from this i think just because like she is so much she's at a much higher place in her pop career than either of them yeah i think Renee just simply has the package that works a little bit better from a marketing perspective, and that Hmm. is maybe unfortunate, but I think is also a very clear reality of the industry. It's like she's young, she's hot, she's blonde, she actually can sing. And she funny, has, and she's queer. Yeah. Like she has a
0: lot of interesting fan bases. Yeah, and yeah.
1: as sort of like queer celebrities are having, <laughs> queer celebrities are having a moment. Um, we'll <laughs> yes. see how long it lasts. So every every like ten years, they're sort of like, oh yeah, gay people. <laughs> what's what's going on with gay people? Let's right. see, and right. then they're like, mm, yeah. too much. Mm, we let bring the straights back in. So I think that like she. Sp- <laughs> Checks all the boxes in the perfect amount of ways. I think. I mean, Ben Platt. I I'm not a huge fan of his of the music that he's released. There are a couple songs that I think are really great, and I think that he is so talented. And also, king of nepo babies. So rock oh, on, Lord
0: of the Nepo Dominion. I mean, he's he, he just own nepo it Dominion. and move on. I mean,
1: yeah, I think. Yeah, I I think Renee will have. A successful transitive career into pop music the only other one obviously being ariana and i think people need to be Mm. a little bit more afraid like i say this as a joke mostly but i also find it to be funny i'm like whenever she released her ep i was talking to my good friend jenna who i hope will listen to this and watch and get a kick hi jenna she um i was like people need to be more scared of renee this is a hot queer uber talented girl new girl on the scene and she can sing circles around everybody else like i if i were a girl if it's like kelly clarkson covering someone's song
0: yeah you're like if i released
1: a song i'd say have have fun with it if you're kelly clarkson don't fucking touch this because it's gonna be better than anything i've it's lights for us like it's just what she does
0: renee is unbothered
1: like Completely.
0: The interview affect whether we believe it to be real. Like she's just going off script, saying things that she shouldn't. Like she's kind of making. I hate saying like making a brand out of herself. But, but her like what she's kind of building her brand on is that she'll just say whatever. Yeah. And like, like she's playful. Like she's like, I said no to Mean Girls, and they at, they called me again, and then I was like, yeah. Ugh, yes. Like I kind of I kind of love it. These, I like, do too. That's the part of Gen Z that I'm like, there is something there. She's, like, Absolutely. seemingly successfully the unbothered. They've, like, figured it out. She doesn't care. We
1: can learn something from that. i loved the way... I like the way she talks about her music, and I think that it's... Same. Having watched her from an 18-year-old dancing on the Minskoff stage for the Jimmy Awards up until now, like, the evolution is, like, for all intents, in the grand scheme of things, very, very short amount of time. Like, this has happened... Five years? In five years.
0: Yeah. Like comparing her to, Ari- to Ariana is interesting. I am so out of that world in a way that i've never thought of ariana as a theater person or maybe just because I know. she was there so briefly or so young yeah. but like it does seem in your formula like that the two of them might be like the ones that got out in in, in like into their pop career successfully does do you think it's like the less time you spend in theater the better like every additional show you do like
1: pulls you more into the show world and yeah. away from the the pop world Absolutely. And I think that that's exactly what I think that she used the formula that Ariana unknowingly created. I did one Broadway show. People really liked me in it. People heard I me. did really well. Yep, And it gave me the opportunity. I was able then to leverage the opportunities that came my way because I had that one singular credit. And luckily there were people like Tina Fey attached. And so I think that Five years later, five years down the line from now, we will culturally have forgotten that she was ever in a musical at all. Totally. She,
0: I don't know, it was. It must have been in one of the interviews for Mean Girls that I saw recently. And she, I don't think Renee is playing Coachella, but a lot of her contemporaries in the pop world are, I could be wrong about this. Don't I think fact she check is me. playing Coachella. Maybe she's playing it, but they were asking her, They. she must be because they were asking her um are you excited for Coachella and she was like I'm so excited to see like my girls are there and she named Sabrina Carpenter and Chapel Roan and I Mm. I'm not trying to stir anything also I'm small fish who the fuck cares but Sabrina being like the nemesis of um or the anti-hero of Olivia Mm -hmm. and Olivia being my original like counterpart to to Renee I'm like oh are there sides but then Chapel Roan do you know who Chapel Roan is Of fucking course. Well, Chapel Roan is like the original muse of Olivia's producer Dan Nigro's, Mm -hmm. like self. uh, He made a label literally just for Olivia, I think. But his like aesthetic muse to like become then the producer that was ready for Olivia was Chapel Roan. And I'm wondering, like, does Olivia acknowledge or hate or like Chapel? And like, is Chapel on Olivia's side or? sabrina are there sides and now i'm like oh no because i'm still toxically or otherwise like in olivia's camp for whatever reason and now i'm like oh i hope i hope i don't have to like forget this in order to continue to enjoy these women's music i'm not a sabrina carpenter fan so that's like not i have paid
1: absolutely zero attention to anything she's ever done i hardly know what she looks like right and i think i'll keep it that way but what i will say (laughs) That's interesting That about what you mentioned is that Olivia Rodrigo did say that her favorite album of last year was Snow Angel.
0: No shit, oh my God, I didn't so know that.
1: She said the album she was listening to and couldn't stop listening to was Snow uh, Angel. Drew, you just so made my day. I have a feeling that the uh, majority of this beef is fully orchestrated by these psycho PR people and it ultimately has zero to, very little to zero basis in reality.
0: I'm not even joking that I can sleep easier knowing that Olivia has handed some flowers to Renee because mm-hmm. I don't care about the Sabrina Carpenter beef at all, but I did care about the prospect of this being a beef. And yeah. I'm glad that at least she's I just talking.
1: want all these young women who are making exceptional music to get along and hopefully collab with each other to make even better music because... That's all I want to see. I just want to keep listening to really fucking good music. I just want everyone to go literally
0: and <laughs> like bake a cake with rainbows. Say say bye, Drew. See you next time. Bye everyone.